The Broken Meeple, Season 3, Episode 10, recorded on the 8th of September, 2019. The Broken Meeple Podcast, a show devoted to board games, card games, and the people who play them. Sit back and enjoy, and remember, it's only a game. After a fairly stressful August, it's nice to get into September. But it wasn't all bad. There was Tabletop Scotland that I got to attend, so here are my thoughts on such a thing. But also, as we get more and more into this hobby, is it possible for us to become a little jaded? Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast for The Broken Meeple. I'm Luke Hector, your host and only host, it seems. And this is basically my ramblings from time to time. Firstly, it is the 8th of September 2019 and today is Tom Vassell's birthday. So happy birthday to you, Tom Vassell. Thank you for everything you do on the Dice Tower. You're never going to hear this message, I know, but I'm still going to say it anyway. But as I say, on top of that, whew, I'm just glad to get out of August. Trust me, I mean, there was some good... There were some good times in August, and one of those I'm going to get onto in a minute, but it, all in all, it was quite a stressful month for me. There was a lot going on, both personal work and blogging, that just kind of like, oh, it really was starting to hit a bit of a peak. And, you know, some of them were good things, you know, I was doing the Tap 100, thank you so much to everybody who has watched and chimed in on the comments for that. I do enjoy doing the Tap 100, but it is stressful, because they're long videos, they take a long time to edit and record and collate the list in the first place and then talk about it. Oh, it is a mission to get it done, but thankfully, all of them are done, the entire Top 100 is now online, everybody is saying good things, and, you know, it's fantastic to see that. Let's see if we can get every single video to 10,000 plus views, that would be amazing. But, uh, you know, I've still got the Aftermath video to do as a vlog, so we'll get round to that probably hmm, later today, actually, I don't see why not. But this podcast is not about the Top 100, it is about some other topics. Firstly, I want to talk about Tabletop Scotland. Tabletop Scotland is a smallish convention up in Perth, so obviously in Scotland, funny enough. And this is a, a, a fairly small-scale convention. It's only in its second year, and it's run, by, it's run by Dave and his friends, who essentially have just decided, you know what, there's no convention up in Scotland that's like big on board games, they have to go to somewhere like Aircon is possibly the closest convention up north for like a big board game convention, and so they decided to host one in Perth at the Dewar, uh, Dewar, I don't know how to pronounce it, but Dewar Centre in Perth. It's, as I said, small scale, and if I was to compare it to other conventions, I would put it as... Kind of nowhere near as big as Aircon, but it's a smidge, it is bigger than Handycon in the sense, you know, if, if you've been to either of those, it'll kind of make sense. Maybe I'm thinking more on the lines of Manorcon. You know, they have a few exhibitors, no massive names, but they do have Asmodee and Cold Spring Games and a couple others like Demoing Games. They have a couple of local retailers and some small scale, you know, exhibitors of, you know, RPG material, memorabilia, and some board game stuff as well. But 
One thing I noticed about Scotland, particularly that area, is that they're very big on war games and, you know, trading card games. So Magic the Gathering and, you know, Warhammer and those various miniature games are big up in that area. And certainly I think they dwarf the board game hobby quite considerably up there. So this convention kind of caters for everybody. It caters for the RPG fans. There's space for them to go and play their RPGs. There's certainly exhibitors who specialize in miniature gaming. There's place for them to do that. And then there's, of course, open gaming and like a bring and buy and some demo games being done. So it's kind of a kind of a jack of all trades. And it's very much a turn up and do what you like kind of convention. You know, there is a board game library that Darius, um, who used to do Uncon, he kindly donates his library up there and it's got a decent mix of games in there. Of course, people can bring their own. There's a huge amount of space for open gaming. If anything, maybe even too much space. <laughs> we'll get onto that in a minute. But, you know, this is for a convention that's only got into its stride in recent years. I mean, this is only the second year of operation. It's getting off on a good start, I have to admit. You know, this isn't a convention that I think is going to sort of dwarf the likes of, say, you know, maybe like Aircon and that, or like the UK Games Expo and things like that. But what this does seem to do is provide a great venue for the Northern and Scottish, you know, side of the, of the UK, because there isn't a lot of conventions up there. So it's good that they've got a good focal point where people can congregate together and enjoy these games. And, you know, some other people will turn up there. I mean, I was invited up there by Dave, you know, very nice of him. And, uh, friend of mine who, who watches my blog material put me up for the weekend uh, overnight and that was so helpful because I have to say I live in Portsmouth getting up to tabletop Scotland is quite an expensive journey for essentially open gaming that's the main reason I was there really you know I, I don't need to buy loads of games I don't need to demo lots of stuff and I certainly wasn't there for the RPG and the miniatures so mainly I'm just there to have some fun in open game it's quite a trek, but that saved me a lot of money. It meant I just had to worry about travel, which was a hit and miss. <laughs> Getting to Scotland's easy. Getting out of Scotland is difficult. <laughs> that's what I found. But thankfully, that's what tablets are for, where I can just sit there and play Sentinels in the Multiverse, Star Realms, and Through the Ages constantly, and suddenly the time flies. But yeah, it did take me a long time to get home, almost to the point where I might as well have driven. It was getting that ridiculous around Edinburgh Airport. But the convention itself... It's a good laugh, you know, this isn't something that's going to blow your mind crazy, you know, it's not like it's offering something truly unique in a convention, what it's doing is giving you what you enjoy in a convention in an area which doesn't normally have them, and that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, there's so much space in there, they've essentially got two big halls, like the ice rink hall and another hall next door, and... If anything, there was too much space this time round because what happened was that they essentially doubled the space but not doubled the numbers. But what it does mean is that for future years, if they just hang on to that space, they've got some room to grow. They've got room to add more people. And so it will become more of a, hopefully not too crowded, but you know, more of a sort of jam-packed filled event. But I'm not going to knock it when there's a lot of space because frankly, it means it's a bit more spacious. You can move around. The temperature, unfortunately, this was during the heat wave. So, uh, the heat was uh, a little bit unbearable at times, even for Scotland, which I was a bit shocked by. But, you know, on a normal weekend, you know, the temperature would have been fine, I suspect. You know, it's, it's spacious enough that they could have had some circulation with the air. But, you know, plenty of tables to get open gaming. I had no trouble finding either a group to game with or putting up a flag saying, I'm going to teach Wingspan. Anybody want to come in? Boom, everybody's here. <laughs> like, I lost track of how many times that was taken out. I literally had to sort of gun for it in the morning. Like, oh, we're going to get out again. Oh my God, there's Wingspan, get out. It's, it literally was that crazy, you know. I mean, it's, it's a popular game and I love it. It's in my collection, but 
trying to get it out of the library so you can teach other people is an absolute nightmare at every convention. It just happens. But, you know, on top of that, bring and buy. Nice, friendly little bring and buy. The usual thing of go in and find yourself a game that you want. Not necessarily a bargain, but a game that you want, if nothing else. I uh, got to meet some of my buddy John's friends, you know, and game with them. That was a good laugh. You know, got to game with some complete strangers, you know, who wanted to... You know, they were trying to learn Coimbra, so I decided, oh well, I haven't played Coimbra in a while, let's get in, teach them. We had a good blast with four-player Coimbra, you know, and I kind of ran away with the game a bit, but then I find that Munchkining the uh, Pilgrim does tend to do that at times. But yeah, it was, it was a good, fun time. Dave and his bunch are a friendly, friendly group of people. They're hardworking. They put a lot of effort into this. They, you can see them all over the place, you know, responding to people's queries and concerns. There's a cafeteria at the place, so you can actually get some half-decent food. Not the cheapest in the world, but then it never is at conventions, and that's no biggie. But, you know, you can get some snack food downstairs, or you can go upstairs to a proper little cafeteria where you've got some main meals that you can get, as well as some other snack food as well. You're not allowed to bring your own food in unless it's like pure snack food which is understandable so maybe if you're looking for a more healthy thing you might decide to just uh you know game then go off somewhere for a healthy meal and then come back you know it's perfectly fine and it just it was just nice and pleasant really you know there was a definitely a friendly atmosphere i didn't get the impression from anybody there that they were sort of like you know hated to be there or that they were tired or stressed out or anything like that everybody just seemed in the Generally good mood, and this is something I tend to find from the Scottish anyway. You know, I've been to a few events that have been up in Scotland, and, you know, I've socialised with a few Scottish gamers and that, and they just seem like a friendly bunch, you know, I can't really, I can't say bad things at all. So, yeah, Tabletop Scotland, definitely one that you want to, you know, give a try, especially if you live up in that neck of the woods, you know, you, I know that your range is limited for board game conventions, so definitely check this one out, it's got room to grow, it's obviously in its developing stages, so, you know, there are wrinkles to iron out, as with every new convention, you know, Hannycon was the same, and so was Aircon, so was the UK Games Expo, I mean, it started off in a hotel suite, and now look at it, you know, every one of these conventions needs time to progress and develop and take in the feedback that people give them, and like I say, this is Tabletop Scotland's second year only, and it's off to a good start, so kudos Dave, you know, hope it goes well for you. So were there any new games that I played at the convention? Not a great deal, because to be fair I was teaching games or I was showing off games that I already knew and teaching them and that, but there was one not new game that I did play that I'll talk about, this is an old game one that I'd wanted to try for a while, the DC Comics deck building game. Yeah, a lot of you have probably already heard this one, and you know Cryptozoic and their deck builders where they try to merge them all together and it gets a bit ridiculous, but I'd never played it. I'd only played Marvel Legendary and Sentinels in the Multiverse. So it was good to finally delve into this, what was supposedly a ridiculously simple deck builder. And it is. It is a very simple deck builder. I mean, you are literally just doing what you do. Here's your deck, buy cards, use your power value to buy cards as well as fight villains and the masterminds, well, master villains in a sense, and you essentially just keep going and going and going until all the super villains have been killed, and then you total up the points in your deck. Straight up, simple, and it is a competitive game unless you get the expansion, which I hear is an improvement. I hear that the way to play this game is co-op, 
Because one thing about this game is that the theme is kind of uh, not really there. Your deck can be mixed up of all sorts of things. I mean, it can have, you have your hero avatar, but then you can grab Batman's utility belt and use Superman's heat vision and Aquaman's trident. And then you go and beat up Ivy, Poison Ivy, and then she ends up in your deck as a useful ally against another super, huh? You know, it's, it's a little bit off the wall with this theme, but it was simple, it was nice and easy, and it just gave me a little bit of DC flavor. So, you know, if you like deck builders, it's one to look out for. I'm not gonna go mad over it, it's not one that I'm gonna buy for my collection, but I'd like to try it again with a co-op theme and see if that's any better. But I got enough deck built, I mean, I've got Sentinels in the Multiverse, and I've got Marvel Legendary, and we're gonna get Marvel Champions come out from Fantasy Flight any day now, so, you know what, I'm kinda good for superhero theme games for the time being. So on to the discussion topic for this episode, and well, it's kind of come up a little bit recently, not just from Facebook posts and your Twitter post, but just kind of my feelings in general, really. You know, people will comment on Facebook, you know, that, you know, oh, you like these games, great, you know, but you always seem to not like these games, and, you know, are there any games you do like and that? And certainly one thing I do find is that you get these new games come out, and everybody goes, yes, yes, it's a new game, it's fantastic, hype, 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 hype. And then you realize, well, it's fine, but you know, there's already this one before. And I feel that everyone's kind of heading down that cult of the new route, where as soon as anything remotely new comes out, suddenly it's better than anything else. You know, people will still go on about Marco Polo as a great dice placement game. Alien Frontiers came first and did it better. Why do I need this? And there's various other games like that, where they'll go, well, this is a nice, simple gateway level game. Yeah, so Splendor. So's Carcassonne and Ticket to Ride, you know, what are these ones doing differently that makes me not want to get one of these old ones? And I think one of the problems is, is that when you're in this hobby for a long time, I think it's, it's less of a problem for those who don't follow the hobby quite as vigorously as I do and other reviewers and, uh, you know, other, like, people who are really into games. You know, the casual gamers, I think, get off all right because they see all these games come out, like thousands and thousands of games. They have no hope in seeing them all. I have no hope in seeing them all, but they just grab whatever ones they like and they're just generally like a kid in the candy store all the time. You know, I had that feeling when I first started out, not so much anymore, but they get to see, you know, all this new stuff, never get tired, never get bored, and they'll see something that they've probably never seen before, even though we've seen about 10 versions of it, and they're all great, you know, love it, love it, love it, love it. But I feel that we, as reviewers, as critics, and certainly as veteran gamers, have the slight issue that after a while we do kind of become a little jaded. You know, um, if you can hear a buzzsaw outside, I do apologize. I've taken the microphone elsewhere, but uh, sadly my neighbor is a bit of a DIY fanatic. But the, as I find out, you know, a new game comes out and it's like, yeah, that's great, but you know, it's not as good as this one, or I want something new. I talk a lot about innovation in games. I want to see something different. I want to see something new, you know, like unique, innovative in a game to make me think, right, this is a solid game, and you should get this rather than this one, or it sits alongside another one. And I just find a lot of these days, because we get so many games every year, that maybe the feeling of jadedness does come through a little bit. You know, not necessarily like in videos I do or anything, I'm not talking about that, but just that feeling of jadedness 
does kind of flow through me a little bit because I want to see something different and when I don't see something different it just it's just disappointing. You know there's a uh, a few games that I've done recently, like I did a Atelier Painter Studio. It was an AEG release. The game itself is fine, but you've got Splendor, you've got Majesty for the Realm, you've got even Century Spice Road if you very much like it. It doesn't offer anything that would make me want to get rid of those games, and you can still get those games. So why have this one released? It, 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 it needs to be something different. And then all these other new ones come out and it always has to be some three hour plus euro in order to get any like, you know, any way forward. You know, take um, Pipeline as a recent one. You know, people have gone sort of mixed feelings on that. But, you know, the ones who love it are kind of going, oh, yeah, this is a cool economic game. And, you know, even though it takes three hours, it's still engaging that. It's like, well, you've got a lot of economic games already. What is this one doing that's different from the others. I mean, it's got that titchy little pipe building mechanic, which is frankly a small element of the game and not that, not, you know, it doesn't last long enough to be that interesting. So the rest of it is just generic economics. Buy something, do something with it, sell it for a higher price. The end, it's a mini adventure. It's the same as every other economic game. So why are we going nuts over that when you've already got something to go nuts over? Why do you need another one? It, It's kind of hard to explain, but, Certainly, as the industry gets more and more bloated, I fear this is going to be a problem that's just going to last a while. You know, I'm not going to suddenly get sick and tired of board games. That's not going to happen. But certainly, if we don't curb the releases a bit, I fear that we are going to get into the situation where games just aren't going to impress as much anymore. Kickstarter is going to suffer with this, you know. I mean, uh, I see another game come out from Call Mini or not, and it's like, oh, another game with miniatures. That's so oh, great. Here we go again. And, you know, I've got Rising Sun. I love the game. But the more and more I just see another Kickstarter with a ton of miniatures. And granted, my willpower has broken now and again. I mean, I backed Aoife Fields and Tainted Grail. But then, to be fair, I wanted to get more into Awaken Realm stuff because I liked this war of mine, so I wanted to see what else they had. But... Certainly, I'm kind of like, yeah, did I need to back them or could I have just done without them? I don't know. But then saying that, Aoife Fields did sound like it was offering something unique. And the same with Tainted Grail. So I was definitely intrigued by those. But every time I see like, oh, we got another reprint of Zombicide coming out. Oh, have we? It's like, as if we haven't got enough Zombicide stuff. It's just getting old. It, it, it's kind of odd. But, you know, we get so many games every year and... I feel that in the old days, when the game came out, everybody would go nuts over the game because there wasn't a huge amount in that year. You know, games were popular back then, not necessarily because the game was good, but just because it's a new game, it's something different. And at that time, it was different because there wasn't a huge bloatedness in the genre. I mean, I'm not a fan of the uh, original Lord of the Rings co-op game, but, you know, it's probably the first co-op game that came out that was a... Uh, taken on widely and then 2004 you get Ticket to Ride you know like the ultimate gateway game that no one was uh, comparing it to anything else really 2008 you then get uh, what do you get you get like Pandemic and the, the, the co-op genre completely explodes you know all these like new things in gaming at times when games were not released at such a rapid rate now you get small publishers everywhere small designers coming out of the woodwork and Publishers, I feel, are just literally churning out game after game after game because they have to hit some quota each year. I respect the publishers who take their time with the game, really develop it, really make it a good thing, and then release it. But 
when you just see the same old stuff being churned out of the machine operated by a monkey, it does get a little bit degrading at times. You know, you want something different, something new. And when you don't get it, it's a problem. And in terms of my reviews, it's certainly something I have to factor in. You know, I, I review a game and I'll go, yeah, this is pretty decent, but this one does it better. And I'm trying to give an objective view to those of you who want to consider whether you want a game or not. And I have to give you the gospel truth that a game may come out and I can say, it's a good game, but you have this alternative. A good example is uh, one that I've got on the table recently is Bosk. Uh, the new game about putting trees on a board and then leaves falling off the trees and doing area control. Okay, it's got some similarities to photosynthesis, not entirely the same thing, but I play it and I go, yeah, this is okay, but, you know, I prefer photosynthesis for this theme and style of game, you know, and I can say that Bosk is decent enough to get, but, well, I need to give it a few more plays first. This is based on first impressions, but, uh, you know, I can say it's fine, but then there's this alternative, and then I'll be saying, well, you know, maybe you should get that alternative instead. At least I'm giving you options. But again, I just want to see more innovation, more uniqueness with the games. And when there is that sort of thing, I love it. I love it when games come out and do that. And it's not like I'm not looking forward to new games, but, you know, certainly I remember when I first went to Essen, the first time in there, I was the kid in the candy store. I mean, I was just going goo goo gaga over everything. Like looking around, you could hear, you know, whimsical music from Danny Elfman in the background. It's like, here we go again, here we go again. It's, like, it's just weirdness as I'm going around looking at all these games that I've never seen before. It literally was an eye opener. Now, when I go to Essen, I'll be there this year. I've got my press pass and all that already, and I've uh, sorted out my green sticker for Germany and all these other regulations for driving around Germany, it seems. But it's like, just let me in Germany. I'm a nice person, really. But as I go to Essen this year, I go on Tabletop Together's tool, um, check out their website. It's a great way to kind of sort out what games you're thinking of getting when you go to a convention. And I went through this list of games, and I'm just looking at them, and I have to think, right, I haven't got time to look at every single game in absolute detail. So let's look at the stuff that either gives me a fun title, uh, good mechanics that I'm interested in, a designer or a publisher that I respect, or a good box cover that makes me go, ooh, that's interesting. And yet, as I go through the list, the amount of games that I'm just instantly going ignore, 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 because they just don't get the basics down. The title will be generic, you know. I mean, if I looked at... They just they did a reprint of Kalos recently, and I'm not a big fan of the Kalos Euro game, but what's the new one called? It's like Kalos 1303. What is the point in putting the year? Honestly, I hate years when they put them in games. It's stupid. But if I'm scrolling down the list and something comes across and it says Kalos 1303, I'm going to ignore it instantly because that's such a boring title. And then you look at the box cover and it's nothing great either. So... You, know, you look at the box cover for something like Sentinels in the Multiverse and it's got vibrant colours and superheroes on it and it's imposing the villain figure and it's like, whoa, okay, nice and bright and colourful box. I want to look at that a little bit more. You can tell it's superheroes, you can tell it's colourful, you can tell it's going to be an interesting card game. It's like, go for it. And then you look at some of these other games. I mean, if I looked at Ethnos on a, you know, a picture of the game or picture of the cover, I'd just gloss right by it and just go ignore because it doesn't even get the basics down. 
But that being said, I go through the list and I go ignore and I go like, want, need and all this lot. Some of it I've already played or backed on Kickstarter so it's not a big deal. Some of it I'm getting as a review copy so again it's not much to put as need. But when I look at the list of games that I'm like, okay I have not heard of these, not played them yet, I want to try them out. It's a much shorter list than it would normally be seen. I mean I would have had a much bigger list a few years ago. And certainly, you know, there's a lot of games being released, so the proportion of games being released compared to what I actually want to look at is very, you know, sorry, the games I want to look at compared to how many there are, it's a small ratio. You know, I'm looking at a very select group of games. You know, I'm, as I'm walking around the convention, I'll look around and see something that just looks like another area control game with miniatures on the board. It's just like, okay, whatever. I'll look around and I'll see another space game of, you know, getting, building ships and shooting down your enemies. And it's like, well, we have several games like that already. And it's just, I hate to use the word jaded, but I fear that might just be a thing. You know, games have got to come out and wow me. They've got to show me something different. Otherwise, I fear that they are just going to get lost in the ether. And it's not just me. I think this is going to be the same with a lot of people. You know, I feel that if people are saying, oh, this game's amazing, but not consider what's already out, I think you're doing a disservice as a reviewer or a critic. You've got to consider the whole big picture. You know, what games are already out? You know, what can others get? You know, what alternatives are there? Now, if the game is completely out of print, fine. That's not a problem. You know, the game's long out of print, then fine. If a new one comes out that's similar to it, then you can go, well, great. You know, you can't get hold of this game anymore, therefore, you should probably get this one. And that'd be, that'd be awesome. But when you've got 50 different games doing the exact same thing, you got to look at it with a slightly more objective viewpoint. And as I say, this is a, a kind of a subjective topic. It's definitely one that I'd be interested to hear other people's thoughts on, you know, catch up on Twitter on the subject or put them in the YouTube comments when I put this up. And... Yeah, just let me know, is there a danger that people will just become jaded on the hobby? You know, again, I'm not saying I'm going to quit the hobby. No, no, no. I still love games, okay? <laughs> That's not a problem. But it's, the fact that the market is getting so bloated, do you think that this is a good thing for the hobby, that we're getting so many releases each year and probably too many to note? Or do you think that this is a sign of danger that we should be concerned about, where because there's such a volume of games, it's going to influence people's opinions, it's going to you know, influence what, what people trying to get into the hobby will do, you know, when they see so much choice and they don't know where to start. You know, let me know your thoughts on this, I'd be interested to know. So that's it for this episode. I'll try to get the next one out quicker as I normally keep promising, but like I say, I am trying to find the time for these. But I hope that little discussion and my thoughts on Tabletop Scotland were good for you. I'm going to sign off now and get on with possibly doing the vlog for the aftermath of the top 100. I could do with getting that out. Uh, the review for Old West Empresario will be going up. Uh, well, probably by the time I put this up. Um, it's probably already up by now, but there should be another anthology on its way very soon as well by the time I upload this. So, you know, there's more on the horizon. There's a lot of games i got to get reviewed. Obviously, the top 10s are going to come back into fray now that the top 100 is done. I've got some interesting topics like top 10 games I've warmed up to and top 10 middleweight games. That should be interesting, you know, because everybody talks about light and heavy. Not many people talk about middleweight, so that's going to be an interesting and somewhat subjective discussion as to what middleweight claims to be. 
solo playthroughs. Um, I've got to do a solo playthrough for Talisman on uh, Steam at some point. Uh, Paul Grogan wants to do a, a playthrough of the Lord of the Rings Adventure card game on Steam at some point. That'll be a good laugh. I've been playing that recently, actually, and it's a... Uh, Definitely not the Lord of the Rings LCG. It is a, it's kind of its own beast. It borrows elements, but it is a streamlined, simplified version of the Lord of the Rings LCG and good enough to be its own game. But I've got a slight addiction to it at the moment. I must admit, I've played for a couple of quests and I'm like, it's simple, but uh, it's addictive. I quite like it. So, so far, so good. And uh, what else would it be? Um, no more anthologies expected for a little bit. I've already mentioned... Tabletop solo play, I do need to do one for small islands at some point, so I will try to fit that in. A lot of it is just time at the end of the day, and the closer we get to Essen, the more games that are going to get released, which is uh, something that I might have to do more anthologies for, or just do some very quick reviews, you know, we'll have to see. Or I'm just going to have to cherry pick the best ones and, you know, give uh, maybe a vlog on games where I don't want to do a full review of them, but I just want to talk about them quickly. So maybe that's an idea. I don't know. Let me know your thoughts. But anyway, that's all for the future. I need to sign off now and get on with other things. So take care. I'll speak to you on to the next Broken People podcast. This is Luke Hector signing off. And remember, as always, it's only a game. Have a good day. Thank you all for listening to my content, and I hope it was enjoyable for you. If you want to catch me at other sources, then there's plenty to choose from. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find me at all of these places. Just search for The Broken Meeple on Facebook and you will find me. Same for Instagram. On Twitter, you can catch me at The Broken Meeple. On YouTube, just search for The Broken Meeple and you will find my channel full of videos about top tens, reviews, solo walkthroughs, and all sorts of other things besides. Of course, you can subscribe to this podcast via the RSS feed on soundcloud.com. This is where episodes will be posted in the future, as well as audio-only feeds on YouTube. The Broken Meeple is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. As always, remember my motto, it's only a game.